Hello and welcome to the Niyamat podcast. In this episode, we talk about insomnia with Japneet Kaur, a clinical psychologist from St. Stephen's Hospital, Delhi. Japneet tells us why sleep hygiene is so vital and we explore the science behind night care routines and debunk myths about insomnia. Keep listening to get valuable insights on how you can get better sleep. So it's really good to have you here, Japneet. Would you like to tell us uh, a little more about yourself? So my name is Japneet Kaur. I am a licensed clinical psychologist practicing in Delhi, St. Stephen's Hospital. Uh, along with that, I also have my private practice in, in, in CR, Noida to be specific. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what else would you want to know? I think that like tells us uh, a lot about uh, you know, all your credentials and definitely we're all very impressed. We yeah. have we have actually taken out five minutes slot at the end of the session for fangirling where Ananya are going to giggle and we're going to fangirl over you. Yeah, because we were just talking about you right before this call and uh, it's really inspiring what you do uh, for people and how you are promoting mental health through your various social media platforms. It's really the need of the hour and uh, it feels good to know that there's people like you out there who are really putting you know, who are really, digna- really putting their back into it and really giving back to society. Thank you so much. This appreciation means a lot. There are not many people who do this. <laughs> <to suit them. laughs> Before we even like start with the questions, uh, Japneet, I want to ask you, according to you, are you getting a full night of sleep? And uh, what's your like sleep, sleep schedule like? Yeah, I mean, I have always struggled with sleep. So sleep happens to be one of those areas in my life that I've always had trouble in. Um, however, I've worked a lot around my sleep hygiene. I've worked on uh, my self-care a lot in the recent years. As soon as I started to realize that if I don't do this, then it's going to affect how I am working. It's going to affect my efficiency with my clients. So I think because of that point, I realized that it is important to take care of my own self. And that is when I started working on my mm. sleep. But pre-morbidly, sleep has always been an issue. I definitely can relate with that. But uh, yeah, just to get into the real meat and like just to get scientific with it, what is it that causes insomnia? And uh, what would be the best way to treat it? Uh, That's a very, very broad question, to be honest. So insomnia could be an independent sleep disorder or it could be a very significant feature of any other psychological disorder, right? So Mm -hmm. to the point that when we're making a clinical diagnosis of depression, we actually query on the sleep quality, sleep quantity, how fresh the person feels when they wake up. So that is how significant it is when we talk about depression or any other psychological disorder, be it psychosis, be it any other um, regular stress-based disorders. Okay. So when we talk about insomnia, there are two, three characteristic features which would give you more clarity into it. First is the, it is not just whether you're able to have a good night's sleep or not. It is also the quantity. It is also how fresh you feel. And most significantly, it is the combination of all these three characteristics lasting for a period of at least one month. Right. Mm -hmm. So if three times a week, for a month, one month, you're continuously facing these issues, then we can say that you have insomnia. Then again, the question is whether it is just sleep difficulties or are there any other emotional triggers, emotional difficulties that you're facing, right? 
So this is what insomnia broadly is. Anything about insomnia that you would want to know? I'll get into the treatment part of it, but if insomnia ka agar kuch hai, to anything that you would want to know? I have a question here. So uh, this has always been something I thought about, and uh, uh, you know, as a kid, we're really reprimanded for not maintaining sleep times, and you know, our parents insist we sleep on time and this and that, or we'll or we'll derail our habits and our health. So I want to know: Do bad sleeping habits can they cause an onset of insomnia? Is there something that you are doing wrong that can, like a lifestyle issue that can cause the onset? definitely definitely to the point that we have a sleep hygiene protocol that needs to be maintained uh, even school of thoughts like dbt dialectical behavior therapy they have a protocol for nightmares so that is again that is the kind of extend our routine our lifestyle can affect our sleep um our parents were very correct when they said that we need to have a fixed sleep routine because that is the first thing that we take care of when we're initiating sleep hygiene that you have a fixed time to wake up you have a fixed time to go to bed that stays constant even if you're not able to initiate sleep you stay in your bed and you try to sleep then there are right. a, uh, more technical parts to it like if you're not able to sleep for a minimum of 15 minutes don't stay in your bed get up take a walk restart the entire process and then try to initiate sleep again but these things that you mentioned are pretty much you know a part of our hygiene program so also something you said in in uh, in this very answer about not feeling fresh when you wake up in the morning so i feel like uh, it's true with a lot of people where um, you know even though they get a significant amount of sleep even though they say sleep for 10 hours they wake up feeling really tired and this is always something that's brushed off as oh you you've been looking into your phone at night or you know you're you're watching scary movies so you have nightmares like there's always a justification you know around it and it's not addressed as a real problem so it often goes undiagnosed untreated and people people struggle with these things people really struggle with these things so can you tell us more about like feeling fresh when you wake up how that works and how you can tell that this is an actual problem and not just you know uh, not just a bad hangover maybe see morning freshness is basically directly associated with the quality of sleep you've had so like i said it is not just about the quantity of sleep it is not just about the number of hours you've slept it is also about how fresh like sleep has a purpose right sleep is supposed to make you feel rested it's supposed to make your mind mm-hmm. feel refreshed if that doesn't happen then it definitely means that there's something wrong with our sleep hygiene yeah so if you wake up cranky if you wake up feeling like you're not rested if you wake up with a headache if you wake up with nausea all of these indicators are um, you know it makes you feel that there's something wrong with the sleep quality that you're experiencing and that definitely can be worked on so the reason why we explore these things is primarily that we can work on these things you have the opportunity to wake up early you have the opportunity to wake up on time when you're feeling fresh you know so if we work a little around certain things all of these things are possible that's why we try and explore them does it also have to do with like the circadian rhythm is it important that we wake up at, between certain time frames to maintain sleep hygiene definitely so every person has a biological clock right that is why uh, there are certain people who have a shorter biological cycle and there are certain people who have a slightly longer so that makes you a morning person or a night person however these cycles are also temporary they can continuously change in our uh, life according to the kind of routines we have 
right so people who have always woken up according to the standard timings like waking up at 8 o'clock and then going back to sleep by around 11:30 12 if they start doing a night shift their biological clock does get settled eventually right but it takes time for sure okay okay yeah, that's actually that's actually something i didn't know uh, because uh, we're always taught that you know early to bed early to rise <laughs> and uh, a lot of these things are overlooked very frequently yeah what about people that uh, have like erratic sleep times like anna and i were discussing just a little while ago that in engineering college there's no bedtime everyone's just walking around like a zombie for four years and nobody is getting any sleep i'm sure i'm sure you face it and i'm sure it's it's the case with you know all kinds of students and all kinds of young people in their formative years when they need a lot of memory retention when they need a lot of um you know when they need to be quick witted and they need to be preparing and studying the whole time we were on insane sleep schedules we were sleeping like 4 hours a night maybe 4 days a week like it it was really crazy so how how does how does someone someone's body usually react when you're going to bed at a different time every night it takes time for the mind to understand when it's expected to sleep and when it's expected to be working right so like i said if that transition period isn't too smooth then it is going to affect you cognitively emotionally as well as behaviorally like you very appropriately said that we were walking like zombies <laughs> if you have that sort of a routine our attention concentration gets affected how comfortable we feel how cranky or uh, you know how um, overall distressed we are all of it is related to our sleep so even when we are sleeping just for 3 to 4 hours it's definitely going to affect how our mood is right yeah certainly uh, for people who have erratic sleep patterns they have erratic behaviors and erratic mood swings as well then i feel so attacked <laughs> <laughs> so um, again when we talk about sleep hygiene one of the most important things is that we have a transition period like i actually recommend and this is something that has worked beautifully with all of my clients that you give your mind a few steps prior to initiating sleep you know like you have your night routine and it's so beautiful it's so relaxing in all the other ways as well not just for sleep but it's such a nice cool down point you know so you wash your face you put some moisturizer you listen to some music you switch off your light you switch on your lamp then you set your bed then you in finally initiate sleep so by the time you're on your first step your mind has started to anticipate that okay the next step is going to be that she is going to put some moisturizer the third step is going to be that she is going to switch off the light and switch on the lamp that point onwards your mind has already started to prepare itself ki theek hai by the time she reaches the seventh step i have to be in the bed and i have to start initiating sleep that in itself is a transition period for the mind from a super active person to a super slow person who's just wanting to rest and relax and try and sleep yeah so that is something which is very soothing very relaxing for the mind as well such a neat trick like i can i can just by hearing what you're saying i'm super convinced that this is going to work like yeah. there is no way that this doesn't work i really do think that we need a winding down period right before we sleep which is which is why the whole crash and burn theory is really bad right what happens is that people keep trying to push their hours and work longer hours and whenever you have an extra you know piece of work sleep is the first 
thing that takes a hit like as soon as you have to work an extra hour you're like okay where can i take this time out of from i have to eat food i have to take a shower what else can i compromise on and sleep is always on that chopping board so so what is your general view about that do you think this is a big part of the problem that people are just trying to be more productive get more work and just think that a good way to do that is to just sleep lesser definitely i mean i remember even when we were younger when we had to you know learn and summarize and rectify all our concepts and then attempt an exam we were still told by all our teachers and our parents that you should have a good night's sleep prior to an exam do you, do you guys remember that oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so na kahi it affects your efficiency as well so if you're cutting down on sleep then you're actually doing the contradictory to whatever you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to you're cutting down on certain things so that you become more efficient but if you're cutting down on your sleep then your efficiency is anyway eventually going to get affected it might not get affected immediately not within 3 to 4 days but on your fifth day of not sleeping adequately you're going to see the changes also to add on to what we were discussing earlier um one of the most important things that we need to work on is not working on the bed our bed cannot be a workstation right so actually it is recommended that work should be um done at any place other than your bed it could be your sofa it could be your couch it could be your uh, table chair it could be someone else's bed as well but your bed should be primarily for sleeping and a few more things that you would want to do there but not working no so at this point i think it's really imperative that uh, i ask you this because this is a concept that we really played fast and loose with in college and otherwise so i want to talk about uh, the concept of sleep bank before we jump into treatment and how to get better uh, so a lot of people um, do this thing where you know before i do it myself where before a long week you, know, you try to get in more hours you try to sleep in a little more and uh, you think that will kind of power you through the week so to what degree is this true can you actually pre sleep is that a thing you tell me so when you do that how do you feel during the week like for example, usually when i'm doing that usually when i'm doing that i have so much work through the week that i've completely lost sense of feeling <laughs> and i'm just powering through it So I can't say if it works. I I don't know. I mean, I definitely feel more refreshed for like a day or two. But then you need sleep, I guess. You you can't. You don't. It's not like you can sleep ten hours one day and then say, "Come on, two hours soon and this will be fine." Correct. I don't think that's the thing. Correct. Absolutely. So our uh, when we're sleeping, we're actually giving our mind some rest, right? So you can't rest for ten hours and then work out for one one hour each, right? You cannot work for ten hours. Uh, in one go you can't sleep 10 hours in one go and then sleep just for an hour every day it's not it might make you feel rested when you've slept for 10 hours straight but all the other coming days when you're sleeping just for one hour you're expected to feel utna hi lethargy right also there are theories that say that if you've slept for 10 to 11 hours you're still going to feel exhausted because you're not supposed to sleep for 10 hours <laughs> so uh, with degrees of severity could you tell us more about what are the less intrusive methods that are used one as i mentioned that you wake up and you initiate sleep at the same time right we've also spoken about the second one that if you're not able to sleep then don't stay in bed calculating the number of hours you're going to get now yeah so you take a walk have a glass of water use the washroom then try and initiate sleep again 
it is also recommended that your bedroom should be very quiet very relaxing now there are certain people who are not comfortable in it being completely dark so whatever works for you right uh the fourth point is something that is very commonly recommended that you should not be using any sort of electronic de- devices or gadgets at least 40 to 45 minutes prior to your sleep time so if you plan to sleep by around 9 8:15 should be the time jab aap tata bye bye kar do apne gadgets ko so you switch them off and you keep them aside physical exercise like we've spoken about it plays a very important role a lot of times um so sleep diving is something that i personally did not find it to be very effective but it is recommended that if you are unable to sleep then you start writing a diary write about all the things that are working uh, that are going on in your mind all the things that you would want to work on when you wake up it has a cbt component attached to it so next day when you wake up in the morning try to figure out what all was going on in your mind and try to find some sort of resolution to it right um the eighth point is related to our fourth one so you limit your exposure to bright light yeah bedtime routine is something that we spoke of my personal favorite uh, bedtime routine happens to be the one that i discussed earlier that you have at least four to five steps to your sleep initiation it is also recommended that you shouldn't be too hungry or too heavy when you are about to you know during your late night hours when you want to sleep your water intake shouldn't be too much you should not be consuming a lot of alcohol nicotine all of these uh, substances so this happens to be the basic basic sleep hygiene all of it would depend on what are the reasons why a particular person is not able to sleep a lot of times when people have had a few nights of terrible sleep they feel scared of going back to bed right so if that sort of an anxiety is there then we need to approach it in a therapeutic manner similarly uh, if there are nightmares and that is why the person is not able to sleep or they don't feel like initiating sleep because they know that they're going to have nightmares then there's there are other ways to deal with those nightmares right so there's another protocol which comes in dialectical behavior therapy which primarily takes care of your nightmares so we can do that so this is what um, i work a lot with patients who have sleep difficulties and sleep hygiene is something that if we work if we uh, you know follow these 13 14 tips strictly it is definitely going to help people and the possibility of them requiring medication goes down drastically so i know that we can't really get into it because it must be a really detailed topic but um i find that sometimes when my dreams are very vivid uh not just nightmares uh, but in general when my dreams are very vivid i have a certain um i i feel more exhausted when i wake up i feel like my brain was engaged in a very active uh exchange and i wasn't able to kind of turn it off right so a is is that really something that happens to people and b is it is it uh, something that can only be dealt with in depth or is there something simple that you could be doing wrong first is the content of your dreams right is the content in itself distressing for you is the content in itself making you feel restless and anxious during the night time and you're not able to like you said get up you're not able to break your sleep so it continues to bother you and it leaves you with a sensation of being tired sensation of being 
so, uh, you know having some sort of body ache some sort of pain in your body uh, if it is that then like i said we'll have to approach nightmares in a very different manner right uh the kind of concerns you just discussed primarily happen when there are other psychological components to the situation that need to be addressed in depth however um i think shortcut method won't work in this situation i don't think it would because even if it works it's going to work in a very temporary manner if such problems are happening consistently then consistent solution is required so we can try doing all of those 13 14 things that we discussed right now which are a part of our sleep hygiene protocol however if it continues to be an issue if your quality of your sleep continues to be an issue then you would have to approach it in a depth you know with depth so while we're on the side of uh, solutions um, we also see a lot of very techy things that have come into the market you know the sleep pillows as uh, white noise machines and there's all kinds of aids you know to not just to make you more aware of the quality of your sleep but also to improve it so what's what's your take on that do people come to you with queries that i just bought a hot new pillow is this going to change my life or not jaffi i've actually never seen any client coming with that sort of a question to be very honest i do feel that there are certain aids which can help you but i don't know i mean i personally feel that if there is an issue then you need to work on it right it's almost like i'm not able to sleep let me just take a sleeping pill and go off to sleep so it's like that if if you feel that that seems to be working for you then great but there are a lot of times when it works but it works temporarily so if you get a machine or you know if you get some sort of pillow some sort of mattress you get some sort of a blanket it might work for a very temporary period and then you start facing those difficulties again because it is happening at a psychological level you know insomnia specifically um like i said it usually is a part of something else that is happening so you might be in the best room best mattress best pillow you might have the best blanket however you would still continue to feel discomfort and you would still continue to have some difficulties in sleeping if that is the case then definitely there are things that are bothering and we need to sort of explore them right um however there are people who have responded positively they've been able to improve their sleep via these mechanisms if it happens great but if it happen if it does not happen then you definitely need to seek help so do people uh, does it turn into a dependence sometimes do people feel like they it's yeah. habit forming like you can't sleep without a white noise machine or you can't sleep without uh, an aid it doesn't happen more than uh, white noise machines or all the other things you mentioned there's a trend of different applications that people have started to use like calm headspace all of these apps right people do feel that it becomes difficult for them to not initiate sleep without listening to an audio uh, you know on headspace i don't feel that it is addictive in nature it is just that they found one escape one solution that seems to work for them so once you leave it you are where you were initially right you weren't able to sleep and you were able to sleep when you started using these mechanisms and when you when you're trying to stop using them you get back to where you were so pre morbidly primarily to problem sleep ka hi tha na you used right. something worked for you you stop using it you have those problems again so it is not addictive in nature 
medication definitely there are sleeping pills which can be addictive but they need to be taken with consent of your psychiatrist and uh, you know every time there are n number of medication that people take on their own so they have to get in touch with the doctor and see if that sort of a medication is going to work for them but all the other things which are um, you know not orally or taken in any other way they cannot be addictive these apps or these tools cannot be addictive i love that you mentioned uh, you know the usage of all these apps and uh, you know as long as you can keep any like potential addictions in control i think the usage of mental health apps uh, can definitely be very very beneficial so uh, we'll definitely be linking some of those references to those apps uh, in the podcast uh, let's transition to our rapid fire myths versus facts section so in this section we will mainly just be targeting a couple of myths relating to insomnia and japneet we're just going to ask for your help to debunk these myths all right so Are we ready to be mythbusters? Let's get started. All right. So myth number one: insomnia is solely not being able to sleep. Insomnia is actually when you have difficulty in initiate initiation of sleep, maintaining sleep, quality of sleep, and waking up fresh. Okay. Myth number two: insomnia is all in your head. If insomnia was all in your head, then there wouldn't be any sleeping pills or medication for it, which means that that's not true. Myth number three: If you can't wake up without an alarm clock, you aren't getting enough sleep. That's again not true. Or uh, you can have your internal biological cycle working in weird ways. You need to understand whether you're waking up tired, or whether you're waking up fresh, or whether uh, there's some sort of other conflict going on. All right. Next myth: Napping helps offset insomnia. that's again not true napping actually spoils your quality of sleep at night it is recommended that you don't take uh, daytime naps and try and initiate sleep at one fixed time all right the next one is something we've already covered but uh, just to quickly wrap it up watching tv helps with insomnia it doesn't it worsens your insomnia especially if it happens in the evening hours all right uh, the next myth which i wish was true but it's not uh, alcohol helps you fall asleep Mm, no <laughs> no jabni don't tell us no <laughs> might help you temporarily but that happens temporarily only it can often become a way of coping with sleep disturbances but in the long run it can definitely disturb your sleep quality and the final myth insomnia is difficult to treat insomnia can be difficult to treat however it is treatable for sure it is very common it is treatable you just need to understand why it's happening and then figure out a solution for it it is taxing and that is why it seems difficult to treat no one likes to have a disturbed night's sleep so it is difficult to experience it is difficult to figure out why exactly it's happening but it is very much treatable not so rapid but yes <laughs> That was it with our myths versus facts rapid fire session. Uh, but yeah, I, from from this entire session, Japneet, I think we realized that um, it's a lot more important than you think. Uh, your sleep is a lot more important than you think. Even in the research phase for this uh, this very call, Ananya and I went back and we read some excerpts from Why We Sleep, and we were horrified because we were not meeting any of the criteria for sleep defined in there. um and it's it's not something that people have really started talking about until now 
uh, earlier it was seen as a sign of a very productive person to be sleeping just four hours or five hours never really looked upon as a problem and uh, there's always like oh you're just probably a light sleeper or you know maybe maybe that's that's just it but yeah a lot needs to go into people um people improving the quality of their sleep because it heavily affects their cognitive abilities especially where they're in sensitive key functions at work where you're doing something really important where the, the error margins are small uh, say you're in medicine or otherwise so um the session was really really great jeffney uh, there are there are so many people that are so grateful for the work that you do and um, and honestly it's it's inspirational it's uh, it's 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 like you're a you're a superhero literally and uh, we can't thank you enough for what you're doing for society and for helping us here uh, talking about these issues creating awareness so thank you so much for being here japni thank you for having me over sleep is a necessary human function It allows our brains to recharge and our bodies to rest. When we do not sleep long or well enough, our bodies do not get the full benefits of sleep such as muscle repair and memory consolidation. Sleep is so crucial that even slight sleep deprivation or poor sleep can affect memory, judgment and mood. In addition to feelings of restlessness, chronic sleep deprivation can contribute to health problems. from obesity and high blood pressure to safety risks while driving research has shown that most people would be happier healthier and safer if they were just to sleep an extra 60 to 90 minutes per night from everyone here at niamat take care and sleep well <laughs>